Ah, good luck. Puts on the step, goes right through, puts on the step again. Oh, go pretty. That was magnificent stuff. Well, I shall not believe them. Marshalls gets away, Marshalls gets away. Marshalls still going. Mullins opens up again. Oh, look at him go. He beats O'Davis on the outside. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Voluntary Tackle, the only NRL podcast to send Paul Vaughan a commiseration gift pack containing James Maloney's I Like Barbecuing Alone video, along with a box of tissues and an OPSM voucher to help him read the room. You found me, Big T, the Rugby League podcast version of a police backup supporting the TVT investigation into Rugby League. On today's show, we'll be discussing our punk the fuck with dragon origin news and a mid-season reflection but first joining me here in the sports best friend studios tonight the only man to get as wet as joey manu watching his team win it's xander risotto welcome sir i don't know if what uh, wet is quite the way to describe but i certainly um, <laughs> maybe maybe sweating bullets but yeah <laughs> good to be here though uh, and what is your go-to source um, for a sausage singer when you're opting to sprint home from the police? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm big on fasting, actually. I believe that um, you're, you're able to, to run quicker on an empty stomach. Weird. And uh, with us is a man who looked as interested in a Tommyless manly loss as Josh Schuster does when he passes a no-look pass at the line. Please welcome Media Watch Mario. Good to be here. How are you going? I'm well, thanks, sir. And uh, how many hundreds of wallets have you lost doing the old take out the, uh, put it on the lid of the barbecue before fleeing a mate's house? Uh, surprisingly, only three. But, you know, out where I live, there's fewer police around. So, you know, it's a little safer to, to get up to shenanigans. <laughs> right. Our head cop, who is also our head chef, Eamon Brown, um, who incidentally does a lot of barbecuing by himself now that he's a new dad, uh, is still busy parenting and cleaning up in the shower. Uh, but regardless, Xander, how are you, sir? Yeah, no, I'm good, man. I was just saying, I feel like um, lockdown mark two, I'm sort of adjusting to relatively well. It's it's a little bit simpler this time. Um, kind of uh, gotten into the groove. No one at work, ex- you know, expects you to be in. They're all kind of happy for you to just be online. And uh, and and we've kind of gotten into that rhythm. So actually, not, not minding it too much, to be honest. And Mario, did you know that we were in lockdown? Oh, you must have because the NRL's moving. Uh, how's your week been or fortnight been? Hey, we've, we've been somewhat affected. We still have to wear masks and stuff when we go inside. So, you know, it's been absolutely harrowing for us poor country people. <laughs> uh, well, I've had a pretty, uh, pretty lame lockdown. So allow me to uh, get out a real TVT soundbite. That wasn't Eamon just putting it in after he does a bad joke this was me actually owning a beer and having a sip um because the dragons players have really just done the best they can to almost scuttle the best thing about australia it's in our royal competition now let's start with vaughn mario was i mean just go what's your vibe about vaughn he's an idiot but unfortunately he's still a very good player so he will get picked up by a club and uh, i also think that yeah, yes, he's certainly an idiot. The whole three strikes things, multiple COVID breaches. The guy's got not much upstairs, but he still offers enough. And I think maybe the fact that he has now been booted from a club like this might actually wake him up. He might not be another Todd Carney style, you know, person who just keeps on screwing up no matter how many times. I feel like he's maybe more likely just to get put in place, but only if he goes to a club with a coach that can control that sort of thing. So you'd think Bellamy, Wayne, you know, Robinson, Hasler, those sort of coaches, even Maguire probably could probably control that sort of stupidity. I am looking forward to him going to the Bulldogs because they, you know, they need, uh, they need forwards and they just keep signing all the backs and watching Trent Barrett just ruin him even more. So that'll be great. Can you tell me, though, was that, in your opinion, was that uh, punishment enough? Uh, 
Look, I don't think the dragons should have been... For the dragons themselves, I don't think they should have been allowed to spread the things out over as many weeks. I think maybe two weeks and that's it, suck it up. But perhaps there was a reason just in terms of numbers and salary cap and all that sort of thing that they had to do it that way. For Paul Vaughan, I think four weeks he hosted the party, but everyone who turned up was equally complicit as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, they them all getting only a week is probably them getting off lightly rather than him being, you know, harshly treated. I think his was probably the right punishment. Getting sacked is just a matter of, well, you know, you're not Jack DeBellin, so we can sack you. <laughs> uh, I think he got done for eight games. But, yeah, I, I think he, he um, I guess it came down to the three, three strikes in that he organised. And I think he also organised a post. Xander, mistake me if, if I've misheard this, but he also organised a post guys, let's get our story straight, kind of like yeah, video that. call. Did you hear about that? Yeah. So that, that, was, that was the other. I mean, there, there are so many things wrong with this. It was just, re- it was really interesting, like watching the, the social media reaction. I did see, um, what is it? Uh, the Ferg and the Freak podcast um, uh, tweet out a kind of thinly veiled, you know, um, I guess exasperation at the the punishment he'd cop. Like, oh, the man's lost his job. When will it be enough for you guys? Oh, God. Um, and it was like, well, you know, I made the point, and as did many others, that this was this was a problem on three levels. First of all, it was his third strike. Um, you know, he did this. This was like a, a doubling down of the the stupid thing that he did last year, where he rocked up to a cafe and gave a fake name in an area that's rugby league central. <laughs> you know, everyone bloody recognizes him. Um, and, you know, second of, of all, you know, it's currently against the law. And then finally, the coaches explicitly told them not to do it. Um, and, you know, of, of course, then trying to cover it up afterwards didn't make it any better. It, it was, you know, just monumentally stupid, as everyone has said. But just ultimately, um, I think the uh, the interview afterwards kind of gave it away a little bit as well. Like he, he hopped on Fox Sports and, and Paul Kent was just like straight up, what were you thinking? And... He didn't have a good answer. Right. That was what kind of came out from it. Like I don't know if you guys saw it, but no. watching it was like was like pulling teeth. Like I, I I was pretty critical of him, but I I almost felt bad for him by the end because it was just such a bad interview. Um, you know, he he had nothing to say, and I, I mean the key point in the, in the interview was like, well, what did you think when the police turned up at your apartment? And he goes, oh, it was um it was pretty disappointing to be honest. Oh God. <laughs> so like, you know, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, um, just very interesting. Um, very, I think. I think the the only way I can sort of you know rationalise it in my head is that these guys you know ha- are living in a bit of a bubble and they they honestly just do not get what is happening out in the real world. Um, but yeah, but I, it, it I, struck me as a as a kid who'd been caught playing up. I just questioned the whole three strikes thing because. Sure, he's had three strikes. He can be sacked. That's fine. How many strikes has Jack DeBellin had exactly? Because I would think the whole allegedly <coughs> raping a teenager was probably a, a strike. I think that counts as a strike. Call me crazy. Um, then, of course, going to the party that he had been expressly told not to and hiding from police. There's your second strike. I would say lying to the club and to police. That should be your third strike. It's just... Obviously, Paul Vaughan is no longer above the Isaac Gordon threshold and Jack DeBellin still is. And so he's got to go. But mind you, what I don't understand, so ignoring that, I cannot in any way understand why they've decided to keep Dufty and Norman through this, given that they've already been told to bugger Mm. off. So they're just a waste of their salary cap at this point. Why wouldn't you just use that opportunity that you've got to sack them and then save some money off the salary cap and then front load a few contracts that you want to keep so that you've then got money to spend in the next couple of years. I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't comprehend why. The only thing I can think of, they must have decided that wasn't a sackable offence for Dufty and Norman, and so therefore they couldn't. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that there's nothing that they can't terminate it on. I think they could if they yeah. wanted to. I think they just they just need they just need you know like they they rate Develin and they they're going to keep him. They'll, they'll make the argument that he was exonerated and therefore that's no longer a strike. Yeah. Um. So I mean, and Vaughn Vaughn has just been badly out of form. Like you know, they, he's been sort of um like dropped to the bench and not even played some games. Um. Yeah. Like they 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 they're fed up with him as he's rightly said, Mario. You know, he's not playing well. 
well enough for them to, to come up with an excuse to keep him. The thing that has been pointed out again and again by football players and uh, people in and around the game is that football players are exactly like high school kids. And so we take kids out of high school, we put them in a very similar high school environment where you get uh, physical performance equals success and camaraderie and mateship and, and becoming super best friends is really important, but also you don't be too close to them because you're also trying to beat them um, all the time. And so they'll leave and, and come and go. And so it's a really unusual environment to live in, particularly if you never get um, a lot of people who are outside of that environment. And so they, they almost get frozen in high school time and mm. a lot of their poor behavior and the way that they then deal with it afterwards really makes a lot of sense. When you think about how did you relate to the world and what did you think about the world writ large and your struggles and how everything was hard for you. And you kind of forgot the fact that everyone had already done high school, everyone had already done the HSC and had moved on with their lives. But you know, for you, it was the greatest struggle that anyone's ever had to go through this is the same thing for them that every, everything for them is a plight and everything for them is really hard and everything for them is a massive party. And, and it's a very, it must be very hard for them to put stuff into for a lot of them, not all of them, but for ones that often make mistakes or that deal with poor decision-making just look a lot like they're still stuck in a, in a 16, 17, 18 year old bloke decision-making process. How many excuses do we make for these guys? You've got a guy like that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. In fact, if, if anything, I'm ridiculing them that they can't, that they could be 24 and still act like they're 17. But I mean, people do use that as an excuse. Oh, they've, they've had it tough. They don't understand, you know, they haven't had to live their life. But, you know, Tommy Turbo's got two degrees. James Tedesco, during lockdown, wrote two kids' books. You know, they, they could be out doing things like Paul Vaughan and like Jack yeah, Bellon yeah. and these idiots are doing. But there's plenty of footy players that we just don't hear about these things about them that they've got, you know, they're showing that that's really just, it's no excuse. And I get that you're not using it as an excuse, but the problem is people do. And they allow, they allow them to, you know, to make the players into the victims. And even with you, I don't want to name, I'm not going to name the person, even though people would know who it is, but, you know, a certain Twitter person who I'm a fan of, I think she's a good gear, but she was following Corey Norman for a long time and making lots of excuses for his behavior. And then eventually got off the wagon when he, you know, was standing Jared Hayne after after all that happened. But, mm. you know, it just, it, that's sort of an example of how even intelligent people, fans, can still fall for this whole make excuses for the dickheads thing. So I'm sorry I'm not trying to out that person. And, and no, In fact, really what you've done to help, um, yeah, the Vic there is to say that she was smart enough to go, <laughs> yeah. she wasn't blind enough, she was, she was able to go, well, I mean, you've tiptoed around it, it feels even weirder not saying her name. Fair she enough. was smart enough to go, you know what, I've, I've, I'm taking in more and more information and I've decided that I can't continue following this person or supporting this person. You know, it's great that she could publicly change her mind because that's often something people won't do. Uh, when, they've, when they've stood by one thing for a long time, they feel then like they shouldn't, whereas they shouldn't change, whereas, of course, you, you should. I would also suggest to you that the NRL has done a great job with this. We've had, we've had people in the past, small parts of um, the community, of the rugby league community, that have been able to be good people um, during it and outside of it. Um, but with the NRL's huge focus on education and, and welfare and that kind of stuff while playing, there, I would, I would suggest to you that there are a lot more players with degrees or a lot more well-rounded human beings because of the, the support and, and encouragement, money and time and um, people resources. You might have ex-players that they employ to try and encourage players to think about their futures and, and to do that kind of thing is why we would have so many James Tedesco's, Luke Brooks's, people who, are, who have more than one degree or, or in the middle of degrees and apprenticeships because they, they know that they can be better people and they don't get in any trouble because it's really easy to drink a lot and have a great time and also not get arrested. So um, it's a real yeah, shame a, that, that kind good... of stuff happens. We're working on it, but it is, it is also a responsibility of the clubs. And, and you know, one of the, the things like the, the Storm and the All Blacks have this great association and they both have this mantra that, you know, um, great men make great, um, you know, uh, footballers, and um, they try and instill a lot of character in them. It's the same at the Roosters and a lot of the other good clubs. They focus an awful lot on mentoring and making sure that players, um, you know, are well-rounded people. They're not just good athletes. They're, they're people with perspective on life and they're people who, who understand enough to be able to think outside their, their bubble and plan long-term. I just, yeah, 
Uh, and everything we've said so far is great. And I just want to also make sure that you know, I just heard at the end of the day, you said it's also responsibility of the clubs, which I completely agree with. But at the very, very, very end of everything that happens is completely the responsibility of those players and that they've, those people should be held responsible. It's really sad that often clubs end up taking competition points or cash or things like that off them. Um, sorry, that the, the, the clubs have some of the punishments. Uh, they wear some of those punishments for those players where really at the end of the day, those players should cop all of that shit and they made those terrible decisions and they should wear them. I agree though, Vaughan, I don't have a problem with Vaughan playing again. None of what he's done is so outrageous that he shouldn't play football again. Um, Mario and I have, have made it very clear and I think Xander, so have you at times that there are some things that you can do in, in the world that means that you shouldn't be able to play publicly on in, in the world of rugby league, but I, I'm not sure that this is one of them. Xander, would you be happy for him to come into the Roosters, do you think, next year? Dragons wear his eight-game ban and then he comes into the Roosters next year? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, I, um, I don't know if we, we desperately need a player like Paul Vaughan. Like, if, if, if Robin's in advance the court, but he thinks that... Um, you know, he can turn him around and all the rest to it. But I, I you know, I genuinely, like, I, I think that by all means, he, he doesn't deserve to be wiped out of the game. But I don't know if I'd want him in my club, to be completely honest, just because I, I kind of feel like there is a, you know, there, there has been a, a cascade of poor decisions. Um, yeah. And I, you know, judgment is important. And he just hasn't demonstrated an awful lot of it. I mean, apart from the fact that I don't think we particularly would need him at the club, I think we have enough dickheads at the club already because Des does love it. I'm not sure I want to. I'm not sure I really want to add another one. Now that being said, I think something one of you guys earlier said that you know his form's been poor and maybe it hasn't been up to his standards. But I mean, his last game for the Dragons against the Warriors, he ran for 250, 260 meters or something. So he certainly mm. still got it. I unfortunately heard Cooper Cronk who who by the way is so good on NRL 360. I have never watched the show before. Often seen highlights and stuff from it because of um, social medias. But Yvonne and Cooper Cronk can make anyone on the other side of that table palatable. Um, and so I, I was really grateful to hear him talk the other day about this um, this Dragons thing. And he said, unfortunately, very astutely, that there would be some. I mean, he even used some horrible term like winning teams or and poor teams or, or you know bad teams essentially. Um, that would probably take him, but there'd be a whole bunch of teams that are winning teams or good teams that wouldn't want him. And I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's exactly... And and uh, at first, you'd think you'd want to fire off a tweet, like, oh, how can you say that? But he's exactly right. There's a top four. We all know there's a top four in this competition. None of them would want to ruin what they've got now. They've got a great culture. They've got a great playing group, top five maybe. And then there are, you know, another five or six down the bottom that, that are still struggling to work out what the best roster is for them and, and, and would take players like this. Um, the problem, of course, with that, idea is that you don't get out of problems you don't get to be those top five teams by taking teams at the by taking players that the top five teams won't take you know what i mean you say that so, but anyway. todd carney steered the roosters to a grand final i've got no problems with todd carney by the way i think a lot of what he did was unless i'm misremembering anything him pissing his own mouth my god the amount of football players that i know that have done that or things around that that's not illegal not silly if anything it's just a little bit gross well, he drunk drive multiple times, ran from the police oh, okay. and set a guy on fire. Okay. Well, the drunk driving, I'm, I'm back. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Blair. Todd Carney. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Todd Carney, though, uh, was a great example, though, Mario. Well done. Paul Kent on the 360 tonight, because I tuned back in to watch um, Vonnie and, and um, Cooper Cronk, but neither of them were on. It was Dan Ganane and, Co- and, and Paul Kent, which seems like the opposites of... <laughs> of uh, the two people I wanted to see. But Paul Kent was sitting there with Buzz Rossfield, Hooper and, and Dan Ganane, and I really ended up liking Paul Kent. He seemed to make a lot of sense. Obviously, it had a lot to do with context, but he was talking a lot about origin. Sitting, um, sitting with Hooper and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but, um, Buzz, mate, Jesus, that is scraping the bottom of the barrel, isn't it? Go um, on. Yeah, well, I was, yeah, it, was, it was definitely not entertaining. I can't even say mildly entertaining. I was just... It was entertaining... That I just ended up agreeing with Paul Kent a lot um, because he he's laughing at how ridiculous Queensland is at the moment. Now, it, is it fair to say that this is the worst, not Queensland team, because I feel like we've already been around that in, in past episodes, but the worst Queensland sideshow 
that you've seen? Probably that I've seen. I don't know if it's the worst that there's been because I think they've probably covered a lot of it up. But Jesus, it's 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 not a good sign for the culture of the joint that um, you know the mess that they put themselves through from Mulatalo um, uh, to um, this recent uh, nonsense with Jai Arrow. Um, yeah, there's 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 something not right there. Um, <laughs> the Jai Arrow thing. Oh. Talk about a bad day. So what was the, the summary of what happened to him was that he gets caught bringing some dancer back, um, gets sacked from the Queensland team, gets what copped a, uh, a two-game ban from his club, and um, now his supermodel uh, girlfriend has blocked him on Instagram. <laughs> it's like, I want a $35,000 fine. Oh. Just as, 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 far as, rough, as far as rough days go, <laughs> it's, just, it's up there. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's not a good sign that players are in their camp or they're carrying on like that. You think that, I know it's a dead rubber, but you'd think they'd be looking to salvage some pride and it just I don't know, it, it seems symptomatic that maybe there's not a ton of pride left. Uh were you also laughing at the fact that Jai tried to get his arrow away, Mario? <laughs> Jeez, um that girl must have been very good at dancing. I'm sure she was an accomplished ballet dancer and he's just a connoisseur of the arts. Uh I tell you what, that what a shocker that was. You you seen his is now ex far out. I wouldn't be cheating on her for anything. <laughs> Did he cheat on her? No, he, they, oh, she broke well, up with him. I thought. But wasn't it after he brought the dance? Yeah, no, she, yeah. So that was his long term girlfriend, and the, the news reports were that she uh, she stopped following. She she unfollowed him on Instagram. She's <laughs> you know a a trouble in paradise kind of signifier. Um, so just yeah, and, uh, everyone's fl- flicking around, you know, who she is, and I think everyone's equally um, probably a, a polite way to put it is that she was obviously not dating him for his brains after seeing who she is. I mean, but, it's yeah. well, it's right up there with um, Clint Newton breaking up with Miss Universe and with um, Trent Merrin breaking up with Sally Fitzgibbon. What the hell is wrong with people? Yeah, I mean, they must just not be very nice people because they, all those women were, were very beautiful. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about it, though, was that the biggest problem I've seen isn't the Jai Arrow thing, which was remarkably bad, or them selecting Molotalo, um, which was remarkably bad. It's that one of their godfathers, Fatty Vorton, is out here in the media on ABC because Channel 9 didn't want the quote on the ABC having me a crack at, at the QRL. Did you see that about the coaching stitch-ups, Mario? I did not. No, I didn't see that. Oh, okay. Well, let me break some news to you boys. So <clears throat> he's out on ABC News Radio saying that Billy Slater had been given the coaching job and that he, he was quite happy to do that. And then about a month later, the QRL allegedly called him and said, um, listen, mate, you need to come in now and do that job interview. And he said, it's not a job interview, boys. You, you were giving me the job. And they said, no, no, no. We've got some other people interested now. So <laughs> come in an interview. And then and Billy said, oh, I don't, I'm not here to interview. So, uh, you know, I'm happy to just help out. I, I don't want to do any interviewing. And so they went, okay, and went with Paul Green. Now, that, according to Paul Kent, is a complete fabrication. Now, all of this is gossip. which And I'm not saying any of it is true. But the fact that we even have this gossip, or that we'd have Fatty in the media gossiping about the QRL, um, speaks volumes about what's happening there at the moment. Um, and so it's delicious. I'm just so happy to see Queensland really capitulating. And I'm trying to imagine what else could happen before Wednesday, Xander, that could be any more uh, delectable. Have you got any ideas? The, the only thing that could possibly be worse than them eating themselves like that is um, you know, basically the players publicly coming out and going to war with the, the coach. That's, that's the only thing I can think that would top it ahead of the, the game. But that's, that is bad. I had no idea that happened. That is, that is very, yeah, that's... The, 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 they're turning on themselves in the media and within camp. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a sign of a sighting. Yeah. Mario, have you, you've had a moment to think. Have you thought of any great ones you'd love? Yeah, I'm assuming that Cam Munster is going to come yes. out on a podcast of some sort, having had a few too many yes. drinks that evening and say... Oh. Say some shit about Daily Cherry Evans about how I should be the Ooh. not that not that clown or something along those lines. Now I was happy to accept all that, but he's doing dry July at the moment, so we couldn't do the beers bit. But I still have he can still do it Stone Cold Sober. Um, 
amazing. I love it. The captain thing. I was also thinking around a monster vibe because there's always a lot of chaos around him and complaining about the captaincy. Yes, that would be NRL chaos at its greatest. Thank you very much. The other NRL chaos that's actually happened, of course, is that we had Blue Castle in our hands. It was happening and they've now made it the Blue Coast or I don't know. There's no real good pun around that. Um, so we've been moved to the Gold Coast. Mario seems sensible. What's your, what were your feelings? I still don't understand what people have against Canberra and why on earth would they not have chosen that? I, I said it last, last episode, that's the choice that should have been made and I don't get it. Everyone seems to think that ACT is part of New South Wales, but it doesn't have any cases. So what's the issue there? I'm really confused by it. Yeah, I think it's a case of the operation. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I think the ACT government um, was a bit of an issue for them, was my understanding. Um, so, so yeah, like that, that was also a stumbling block. And, and I think Newcastle is probably seen as, I guess, more spiritually, uh, a rugby league place in Canberra, um, you know, tend to, it, it's more, it's more of a hub than, than Canberra, which is, you know, like, frankly, it's a, it's a town of, um, public servant transplants from all over the country. It's not quite as rusted on. So I can understand Anastasia that. Anastasia probably just paid more than anyone else did best case scenario obviously is new south wales sweeping and um, queensland first time we've had three games in one state and then to sweep the other way would obviously be um fantastic the other thing i learned today is that queensland has swept us four times we've only swept them three times so that would also level that up there's so many bragging rights um up for grabs here is it down to Travojevic, because I know the halves have changed Mario. So is it down to Travojevic or is it just a carbon copy of the first two games? Do the halves have a big difference? Talk me through it. I think it's the same three players. It's Tommy, it's Trell and it's Teddy. If those three mm-hmm. do, if those three are all playing the right way, then the, everything else will flow. And as long as our forwards hold their own, you know, our forwards need to go forward obviously and do their job. But I think it's really those three players are the, the most important. Toto as well, as long as he's, in fit fighting shape and he can get us get those sets started the right way and we can get a roll on. I, I, I still don't see Queensland touching us. I, I'm horrified by our, the selection of our halves. We've got it so very, very wrong, but that's life. I think they'll get away with it just because our team is that much better. On the topic of um, the sweeps, unless I'm mistaken, Queensland during the whole greatness reign only swept us once. And yeah, you know, 2010. Yeah, the amount of times that they won based on, you know, let's just say a lucky bounce here or, you know, a lucky decision here and there. I'm not going to bother going all handle 44 on everybody. Um, But illegitimate origins. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the, the reality is we do this so soon in this rain and we can pull out a couple more in a row. We need to, we need to be doing a few in a row. At least the fact that they got us last year does hurt you know, the whole dynasty that we're trying to create a lot. But we, I think, you know, if we're winning eight out of 10 series, that's still pretty goddamn good. And I'll take that. Yeah. Okay. Xander? Yeah. So I, I, I have some, some concerns. I do think that this Queensland side looks better and I am probably um, more aghast at the half selection. Like I just, you know, I just think it's an out and out mistake to be selecting Whiten, who has done nothing all year and was overrated last year as a starting half with Moses when they don't play on a compatible side of the field. Um, and you've got the perfect halves combination um, that would slot into that team and give you an all-south spine with combinations with both Luttrell and, uh, and Damien Cook at nine. Like, I mean, if you put Reynolds and Walker in that side, mm-hmm. it hums like a Ferrari the moment you, you, you know, hit, hit, get them on the trading paddock. They're going to be clunky um, with, with White and, and Moses, who are both ball runners more than they are distributors. And I just, I just worry. Like, I mean, Moses has been in pretty good form. He's kicking games up there. Um, but I just, you know, I, I think it's a dumb play. Like, like I think, I think it, 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 is, it is a loyalty selection and it's a stupid one and it does risk the, the clean sweep like there's no point to it either like i mean moses is going to be behind cleary for as long as they're playing in you know in in the same generation like he's, he's only ever going to be a backup and yeah if, you, if you're after the clean sweep 
pick the best form halves outside of Cleary and Luai. And that's for New South Wales. It's, it's definitely Reynolds and Walker and that it's perfectly complimentary. So that they can do it. They've, they've got the forwards and all the rest of it, but I think they've, I think they've basically handicapped themselves. The only thing that I like about the one thing doesn't make any sense to me. The only thing I like about um, the Mitchell Moses thing is that he is without a doubt uh, recognized as the best flat wicket batter. And he's probably going to be playing on one of the flattest state of origin wickets of all time. And so he might end up being um, incredible just on the back of our forward pack and the, and the domination. Did I feel then, Xander? Because I really felt like Mario's was just, we might not win by heaps. We might just win by a normal amount. But you almost sounded like we might not win at all. Did I get that vibe right? Oh, yeah. yeah no, I, I, think, I think we're absolutely a chance of losing um, on the back of this, oh, this half. Oh. Like, I, just, I just think I think it is that bad. That um, you know, like I, I do not get the raps on Whiten at all. Um, I know he's been part of the series. He came off the bench a couple of times, you know, and was was solid. Um, but he, you know, he has been impotent the entire season with the Raiders, and he did not. He should not have been the Dalian winner last year. Like it was ridiculous that he got that. You know, he was a, he was a good player last year. He was not the best player in the competition, not by a long shot. Um, yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, counter to all logic and sense, it's it is purely a a, a, a loyalty play here. I mean, you know, I know Freddie likes Mitchell Moses. I, I have less of an issue with Mitchell Moses. I think he's in good enough form, but I think it's it's the wrong combination, um, and it's a you know, it's it's a pointless it's a pointless experiment to run. Well, I think you're letting the negative store the negative thoughts Velcro and the positive ones Teflon because the amount of things that are amazing about that team and all of the great things that Freddie has done since he's been appointed or in any coaching role he's been in have been nothing but positive. So although I wouldn't have done it, I certainly um, think everything is, uh, these decisions are fine. Sorry, Mario, I think I interrupted you. I don't know. I, I think the only way I see us losing is if Queensland score first because Whiten is just, in my opinion, he, he's not going to be good enough to overcome that and Moses will panic and start to shit himself if Queensland are in the lead. I don't think they will be in the lead at any point, so I do think we'll win. But I do think there is that very small chance, whereas had we picked the, um, the South halves, I would not be giving Queensland any chance of getting within 15, 16 points of us, like any chance at all. But now I think they could at least be close enough that you know a bounce of a ball could potentially make that difference. And that, that's why there is some... <sighs> The whole what is wrong with you two? How could you both have two of the greatest players in the game in your own goddamn teams that carry your teams, uh, you know, through large portions of a game and pretend that they're together? They're not going to carry these two halves because of you are both drunk and I'm the only one drinking. This does not make sense. Because I can tell you right now, the the impact that us losing our halves and having four combinations of the roosts has been there for all to see. Like we have, we have <laughs> a lot of great attacking players in the back line, but we've not had a set of mature, well combined halves for a year, and it it it, it undermines the ability of your outside backs to to get good ball and and seize the opportunities. Or Tedesco picks it up with five Queenslanders in front of him, still takes a short side option and scores with the two on five. Every <laughs> Things going to be fine. We win by 60-0. Can we please have a half-time, half-season break where you start telling me some positive things again because you're really killing my Steel City beer buzz. Killing your uh, buzz, am I? Oh, my God. It was 60-0 a moment ago. Now you're both trying to talk me into how we're going to lose. <laughs> Highlights from your team. If you can be, if you can be bothered remembering good times about your uh, top five teams, the top five is in sitting on the top five of the table. Uh, Mario, can you tell me the number one highlight that jumps to your brain right now. You might realise, you might regret it later, you might think of something else, but right now it's just jumped to your brain, the number one manly highlight you've had so far this season. Well, you said top five teams. My team's not in the top five at the moment. If, if your team doesn't <laughs> end up in the top five old dead set, eat one of my hats, you're allowed to choose the hat. Oh, I don't, I don't have a jump out. The, the main memory I've got of this season, I, I feel like, is a, a series of memories. And it's every time we pass the ball to Saab and he just goes down the sideline. I, I love, mm. I'm really loving the way that we have just realized finally, hang on, if you've got the fastest player in the game, give him the fucking ball. And so all we've been doing is one of our guys, Harper or Tommy mostly, they, they get any sort of space that it's like, oh, 
cool. I'll just pass it to Saab. He doesn't even have an, doesn't, you know, it's one-on-one, but he can just go around the outside and he does it every time. And if anything, I'd probably say from the 66 nil game, I really like that kick that DCV put in. Um, that was, you know, about what a sentence. Out from our own line and Saab caught it maybe only 20 meters out. Like it wasn't, a great kick, but he still got it and then just burnt the Bulldogs player like he was standing still. And it was it was just hilarious to watch. And that's the sort of play we need to see more of and with Addo Carr. We need to be just doing that with Addo Carr because he's gonna torch these Queensland scumbags on the other side. Yes. We're back. Okay, great. Now I would have also accepted uh the time that you beat every Queensland team, including Queensland uh, by 50 points in, in concession. I think you had four games in a row where you beat a Queensland uh, player. And then I would have also accepted just Harper's face because that has been an absolute revelation. That man's moustache is incredible. The, uh, the hair is incredible. Excellent highlights. Now, I'm going to move to you, Zanny. You've also, you had a, probably not a rooster level start, but still enviable of most uh, of the competition. What's been your highlight dumpster brain straight right now? To be honest, I mean, we did have a rooster-level start. We, we came out and put 40 points on, in, uh, on opposition in our first two games, and the first game was against Manly. So I feel like it was, um, it was probably one of those, one of those two games. Um, I, I, I went to that game, you know, and uh, it, was, it was a scintillating display from us when we were still almost, you know, close to a, a full-strength side um, with, with Kiri uh, still in the saddle and... Um, uh, and uh, uh, Bemos uninjured and scoring tries left, right, and centre. It was, it, it was a very promising t- uh, time of year before everything went to hell. I'd say that, and also just the Anzac Day clash, um, purely from the the experience side of things. I, I love going to the Anzac Day clash. I barely ever miss it. Um, and uh, you know, went out there whilst the world had briefly returned to normal for us in Sydney um, to a packed house to watch the Roosters thump the Dragons, which was thoroughly enjoyable because it was just not long after they had had their, you know, the back end of their resurgence and their fans were starting to get their hopes up about their season. So those would be the two highlights for me for the time being, I'd say. Lately, less less to be too hopeful about, though. One of my uh, highlights that I would have also accepted from you was just a tweet from Nat, Nick Campton, TV's Nick Campton, who tweeted, there isn't an, a problem that young Sam Walker hasn't faced that he couldn't fix with a rainbow cutout ball. One of the greatest tweets of the year. Now, I do want to know, not from your team, preferably the Tigers. It doesn't have to be the Tigers. Um, obviously, you can, you'll can you be invited back despite that. I have no control over who gets selected for this podcast. Highlight not from your team. We'll go the other way this time, Xander. What's what's your non, uh, non-rooster highlight? Oh, non-rooster. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's a highlight, but... Um... I thoroughly enjoyed watching uh, the Raiders uh, rack up a big score in the first half against the Warriors, only to lose <laughs> thirty-four to thirty-one in the last minute. Um, just because I have a bunch of mates who are Raiders and they're very annoying. Um, so yeah, that'd be my uh, my shot and fraud high, highlight. Uh, I'd say that, and you know, the genuine highlights, obviously, the fifty uh, to six thrashing of uh, Queensland in game one. Well, I think. Schadenfreude does fuel a large part of uh, NRL fandom, so that's that's acceptable. Uh, Mario, which what have you got there? Um, I, I think you put this to us the other day, and I had one in my head, but then a new thing happened on the weekend that definitely put it at the head. But the one that was leading all year that doesn't involve my team was Parramatta's win over the Storm. I really, really enjoyed that game. Thought it was one of the Ooh. best games I've seen in a long time, and I <laughs> always love when the Storm lose. Let's be real. Um, but my new favourite is gonna might surprise you is Sam Walker running eighty metres backwards, and the oh, absolute right. cries of outrage from a gnashing of teeth from you know social media and all these people oh. ruining the game and stuff. I just oh. Xander, don't say words. No, Xander, you get you get your whole time to talk about this. A moment, I don't want to hear from you. That was Mario's highlight. Have I stopped you, Xander? Are you still launching? Great. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you your own little spot, Xander, to, to do that. So uh, please bear with. Um, you're both wrong, though. Obviously, the highlight outside of those two teams, um, there were two. One was the South Tigers ending, where the Tigers were winning for the entire game, and then yes. um, Adam Reynolds kicked a, the two-point field goal from almost a corner um, to level it up, and then that incredible 
double try that wasn't a try that was a try. Luke looks around the oh, entire yeah. length of the field to score. Cool. And then the second one was actually the real answer, which is the Tigers finishing Penrith's illegitimate title <laughs> of being the greatest team. And then Twitter exploding after that game. They were the two best bits. Now, I want to know, I think the top four is pretty reasonably tight. We're not going to argue too much. But by the end of the season, what do you think is going to be position fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth on this ladder? Jesus, it's a tough one at the moment. I I have a suspicion that it will be uh, Manly, uh, the Roosters, um, and probably probably Newcastle and uh, New. I actually reckon it'll be New Newcastle and I'm going to say uh, the Gold Coast. Now, at the risk of upsetting you, you've put you've put Manly and you in five, six, seven, eight. So. Who's your top four then? It's obviously Penrith, South, uh, Melbourne, and who's the other one you've got there if it's not Manly or, or Parramatta? Uh, you've got Parramatta. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. So, so you're going to keep I the top think, four as it is. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be dislodged. I think Parramatta are looking pretty good. No, fair enough. Mario, what have you got? Um, I almost entirely agree with Xander. I've got um, Manly, then Roosters. Um, then in seventh, I would have Knights. and eighth, I would have the Sharks. Yeah, I tossed and turned over those two. I, I'm not so. I just I don't know. It's 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 very hard with those points. I mean, it doesn't matter. In the end, ten, ten, seven yeah. becomes seven and eight are just competing for the right to get flogged by Manly and the Roosters. It doesn't matter. Yeah, pretty much. This is why you don't. You both don't deserve to be in the top eight with an attitude like that. <laughs> so, so I've got it going: Sharks, Sea Eagles, Tigers, Roosters. So you think Roosters are going to come eighth, do you? I don't see you winning two more, too many more games. I do see you coming eighth. And not because you don't play valiantly. It's just that you cop even more injuries um, and it just gets, it gets harder and harder and harder. The Sharks are yeah, it's a fair point. four points behind Manly and six behind the Roosters. Like that, it would take some sort of run from them to move up into fifth. So I think Queensland, yeah. I think... And they've got some tough... I think moving to Queensland is going to really rattle a bunch of teams and galvanise a bunch of teams. And with that weird premise, this is how I'm making up a whole bunch of things. I see the Dragons dropping dramatically. I see the Sharks coming together. The, the whole coach thing's behind them. Sean Johnson all of a sudden really cares because his contract's already sort of in the Warriors, so he wants to do something great with the blokes. It, it all happens in the Sharks. I've got a good feeling. And the other, well, the other thing is, um, oh, actually, did you guys, you guys may or may not have seen a tweet from Aaron Ma today? I think I believe it was. I'll be paraphrasing, but I believe it was. Has anyone told the Sharks that they won't be allowed to come back from from Queensland? <laughs> yeah, it's about time they got relocated. That is, I mean, his tweets are always so great. He's just anyway. He also hashtagged Brisbane Sharks. I don't know about that bit, but no, excellent tweet from Aaron May. You are undis- or one of the undisputed kings of uh, rugby league Twitter. Uh, now, I would like to know who wins the AB medal. Of course, it's the Eamon Brown medal. Uh, I don't, we know that the Dallium system is flawed. I'm not trying to create, I don't need to know how you allocate points or any of that garbage. Just from your gut vibe of how we've gone so far, plus your incredible analytics and way to trajectory performance, Mario, Mario, how does your brain? see Tom Travoy, how far is Tom Travoy from everyone else? And is there someone else that you see that could possibly overtake? Oh, I, only Nathan Cleary if he comes back. The only thing I'd say is if the Roosters can get a bunch of games, Teddy probably still gets most of their points. So you Hold on, don't do it Daly M styles. No, no, no. You're choosing your own brain system. It's who you actually think is the best. I don't give a shit about that. the best player. Okay. Yeah. In, in my head, I use the, um, the short-lived boom rookie system which mm-hmm. was you allocate points on a 10 to one basis three times a year uh, for the previous eight rounds or so of who you think has been the best in each position and then overall. So I, wow. I, I think what's going to hurt um, Nathan Cleary in that is simply he's going to miss too much of this last section. But if he comes back in time for the, fi- like a few weeks before the finals, the reality is mm. no one will remember weeks 18, 19, 20, yeah. if we yeah. 22, 23, are him going on a Jared Haynes style run. So I think that's, yeah. that's the way I would think Nathan Cleary could still beat Tommy Turbo, assuming Tommy doesn't get injured. 
But really, it's Tommy's to lose for in any sort of voting format. So uh, I could also see that narrative working or people getting swept up, including me, in the romance of bubble finally ending, everyone coming back to Sydney, Cleary turns up, you know, homecoming in Penrith, the, the Prince of Penrith puts on an absolute clinic for the last few weeks and, you know, and helps him come first or second. Um, yeah, and I could, I could see a lot of people then getting swept up and him being the best in the game. Uh, Xander, how are you vibing it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to go past uh, Trebojevic at the moment just because the influence he's had on games has, has been so phenomenal. Like, I mean, you know, Manly are, are almost unbeatable when he's playing, uh, but when he's not there, you know, a side like the Raiders can beat them. Um, so it's, it's, kind of, um, it's kind of hard to go past him. I do think that, yeah, it, it, there's a bit to, to go for the rest of this year. I, I like to think of it in terms of who, who are the players that influence results the most. Um, and so I think it is between him, Cleary, probably Cody Walker, um, but part of me is also kind of tempted to look at, you know, forward leaders as well. And um, if I were to look at that, um, I actually, despite the fact we haven't been going the best, I feel like if Hargraves maintains his form for us yeah. uh, the rest of this year, like he he's up there as being a potentially one of the, the big influence players of the competition, just just awesome. in the amount of... Yeah, like he, he has been, he has, he's taken his game to another level. Uh, a lot of the stupid stuff is out of it. Like if he's not on the field, we, we don't beat the Bulldogs on the weekend. Uh, I'll put it that way. That's a good shout, actually. Um, if you're basing it just on who has the biggest impact on a game, then I would like to formally give the award to Dane Laurie and congratulate him on such an incredible rookie season because he has a bigger impact on the Tigers than, than most players would have on any, on any team. But I, I would agree. I, I, I love... The Trevojevic shout um, uh, and the Teddy one. But I would also suggest to you, and we're really just talking about New South Wales, that Latrell Mitchell brings back some or all of the aggression that he does in origin to um, that roost, that Rabbitohs team. And you see him rake a ball like that or do a kick chase like that or any kind of that thing, he could easily also win the uh, AB medal. And I would be all about it. I think he, he has had such a great year. He had one or two games where he's drifted back out. But that, that's and in the big T way of working out the AB medal, that's fine. If, if the Rabbits go on a big run and he's a huge part of it, I would love to see him take out the AB medal uh, for that year. Now, Mario, quickly, tell us what you've been loving. You mentioned, oh, Xander just briefly mentioned the, the Bulldogs. What are you loving about their signings at the moment? <laughs> I just love that every single off-contract back that oh, who, who might want them, they just all are going to the Bulldogs. They've so, they must have like... 12 first grade quality backs right now, or at least, you know, theoretically first grade quality, and, which is just insane when what they need is forwards. The, the, back, the back five they had when you added Addo Carr and Burton was probably good enough, the back seven, I should say, but they've got no forwards. Like, you know, Dylan Napper, if he's your best forward, then Jesus Christ, what the hell is your club doing? Yeah, I guess you can't tackle what you can't catch. And Xander, quickly, give us 20 seconds on Sam Walker running 100 metres in the opposite direction. <laughs> um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. i got to say, like, I was, um, I think, as confused as everybody. I, at the time, I did wish that he did pretty well anything else, like just knock the ball on and fall on it and force a scrum, you know, go for a drop goal, pretty well anything. But um, it was it was kind of the smart option, right? Like, it wasn't a stupid thing to do. He, he ran down the clock. It just, it just looked really dumb because there was so much time left. <laughs> there was 20 full seconds that he had to kill. Um, but yeah, it, it functionally wasn't terribly different to players falling over after a tackle and pretending they got a, cl- uh, a cramp. It just looked embarrassing and silly. Well, it's for anyone who thinks that, that that looks any less embarrassing or silly than the last three forwards walking, hitting someone and very slowly falling down yeah. is, you know, you're kidding yourself. And, and I'm with Mario. The, yeah. the absolute, that's, my, that's what I reckon yeah, as well. The NRL chaos that, that ensued on social media was so delicious. Mario, can you please tell us, uh, were, were there any choice tweets you remember from that or what was the, the main vibe that you enjoyed from uh, social medias? Uh, I was just, uh, I don't, I, no, there's nothing specific. It was, uh, although, who was it? There was one of the, Oh, there was some media person who, who it might have been Hooper, who, who said something along the lines of, oh, this is an outrage. Robbo's going to rip him a new one, blah, blah, blah. He, he won't be in first grade next week. And I'm just like, 
Robbo is going to love it because bloody good on him. And what I love about it is the absolute disrespect. We love disrespect <laughs> the field goals when a team is up like <laughs> yeah. Well, that's even better. That's just like, well, fuck you. And just, you know, I, and the thing is, what, and what I found funny was a Tigers fan um, I saw a Tigers fan going on about, oh, I've never seen anything like that in my life. It was, an, it was outrageous. <laughs> Benji Marshall did the same damn thing. It wasn't 80 metres. Yeah. He did the same thing against the Warriors, and I loved it then too. Yeah. yeah he no. did it about four. It was about 50 metres against the, 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 uh, the Warriors. Uh, that's, that footage has come up. There's a few examples that have come up. The Adelaide Rams one from the 90s um, where, uh, like, there's a jinking to the sidelines back and forth for about 30 seconds. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, I know. And, and Robert was fine with it. Yeah. There, there was one tweet that, that someone, oh, bugger, bugger if I know who it was, who said he should be penalised and suspended for because yeah. a penalty should have been blown for failing to um, engage the line. And I'm like, if that was actually a rule, then Michael Hancock wouldn't have had a career because anyone <laughs> old enough to remember that guy, he never ran in a straight line in his life. It was backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, side, 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 side. He, he used to run 90 metres every single run just because he went side to side. Yeah, and do we yeah. really need to be giving referees another set oh, of potentially pedantic rules? Like, I mean, there are so many stupid rules that are, that are addressing marginal problems that aren't problems in the game. Like, for the love of God, no. Do not add more rules for, you know... To, to avoid having the odd, silly-looking, you know, backwards run in maybe one in every 150 games. I mean, seriously. Uh, I think um, everyone's super best friend, DeBase uh, Chapo, launched um, superbly uh, through Sports Best Friends. So, shameless plug for that podcast. It is a podcast just about... Uh, social media and, and following the right people and he recorded himself straight after that he's a Bulldogs fan and he just recorded his thoughts immediately after that he was unfavorably upset uh, with Sam Walker uh, great well thanks again would, Media Watch and Xander I, I would just like to absolutely guarantee that the Bulldogs are leading by a point with 30 seconds to go and Nick Meany does that I absolutely guarantee you Chapo's <laughs> cheering him louder than anybody <laughs> yeah yeah, probably true. <clears throat> well, again, again, thank you, Media Watch Mario and Xander. And until next episode, just do what JDB does after a club unwaveringly supports him through a sexual assault charge, only to burn sausages and a legal house buddy, act petulantly towards the police and blame the club's recipe. Mm-hmm.